Glad you're here again. We're going to continue in our Bible study. We're looking at uh, the Bible-driven man. We're going to spend about five or six months looking at specific issues or specific subjects that we deal with as men and then what the Bible says about those subjects. And so we've started on, on, the, on the first our week in January, and we're going to roll through these subjects, seeing what the Bible says about these subjects. Let me just tell you, I'm excited about this study. I'm praying for a great impact from this study, and that's what it's for. It's not just to come and to hear and let it come in one ear and go out the other, but I'm praying for for a great impact uh, from this Bible study. Now, uh, so far we have established the truth that uh, to know what a real man is, we look to the creator of men, and that was our starting place. Uh, we have an, we have a, a, an ap- absence of men, a lagging of men, and, and we need to know what a real man is. Well, it only makes sense to know what a real man is, we would go to the creator of mankind. And so God is our source for knowing what manhood is. I saw a goofy video this week about some, some tough guys sitting around, some country and western singers, and they're talking about what a man does and how a man does these things. And, and some of it's pretty good stuff. Some of it's completely absurd. But the truth is we look to God to know what manhood is. God is our source, and, and not the world, not the culture, not any expert, uh, not our peers. We go to see what God has said that a man truly, truly is. Um, That's the point of our Bible study. Uh, Then we saw from there that to know what God says, okay, we're going to turn to God. We're going to go to God. To know what God says, we have to turn to his word. We have to turn to our Bibles. And the truth of that is this. You cannot be the man that God created you to be, that he intended for you to be, apart from your involvement in the word of God. And that, that is a hard truth, that is a stark truth, but it, that is the truth. It is not possible. If you're going to be the husband, the dad, the man, the businessman, the churchman that God has intended for you to be, it's not going to happen unless you're involved in the Word of God. And I'll just tell you, that is our problem today. We're trying to be a man, trying to be something, but we're taking our cues uh, from somewhere other than the source, and that is, that is God's Word. Before we start looking at our subjects, and we're going to start next week looking at our purpose as a man. What is your purpose? Uh, you know what? You're not going to ever find any fulfillment in life until you know what your God-given purpose is. And so that's where we're going to start next week, the, the, the Bible-driven man and his purpose. We're going to look at your purpose. But before we look at each of these subjects, uh, we have been establishing why it is that we would turn to the Bible. Why is the Bible our source? And, and that's a huge thing for us to understand. Why go to God's, God's Word? And, and we, we've gone across some things the last couple of weeks. The first thing we saw is this. We go to the Bible because it is the Word of God. And that's, that's a huge thing for us to understand. This is the Word of God. This is the speech of God. We possess in our Bibles the Word of God. And then last week, if you remember, uh, we saw some things that that are true because this is the Word of God. And we'll walk through some of those. A couple things. Because this is the Word of God, it is trustworthy, which means it is true. It is dependable. It will stand up. Uh, God is true. He is trustworthy. And so His Word is true, and His Word is trustworthy as well. Sometimes we come along and say, you know what, I don't, I don't know if this adds up. I don't know if this is going to be disproved by science somehow. I don't know if this is going to stand. Listen, the Word of God is trustworthy 
because God is trustworthy. That's where we started. We also saw, because it is the word of God, it is holy. The word of God is holy. That means it's set apart. It's not like any other book. It's not like some other book that you possess. This is not the accumulation of the wisdom of man. Well, some smart people got together and put together their wisdom. That's not what this is. God is holy. He is set apart. And so his word is holy as well. Then we saw that because it is the word of God, it is eternal. And that's that's a big thing for us to understand. Because it's the word of God, it is eternal. It doesn't change. It doesn't need updating. It doesn't have an expiration date. That means it's not, you know, well, it's right for this time period, sometime long ago, but it's not right for now. Listen, it is eternal. It will stand. It is relevant to us in this day. It speaks to us in this day. And so we saw the word of God is eternal. Then we saw the word of God is powerful. It just makes sense that the words of an infinitely powerful God would be powerful words. And so we see that because it's the word of God, the word of God, our Bible, it is powerful. There is power in the word of God. And then last we saw last week, because it is the word of God, it is enough, which means it is sufficient. We do not have to add to it as the Mormons have done. We're not trying to take away from it as the Jehovah's Witnesses have done. We're not looking for more of it. We're not saying, you know what, if I could have some additional information. Because it is the word of God, it is enough. It is sufficient. And so from the last two weeks, we saw this. It is the word of God. That's why we turned to the Bible and we saw what it is as the word of God. Well, this week, before we move on, we're gonna see what it does. We're gonna settle this And then next week, we'll move to our subjects, to our issues that we're going to work through. So we've seen what it is. This week, we're going to see what it does. And I've picked some verses here, and we're going to walk through these verses. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. We've seen what the Word of God is. This week, we're going to see what it does. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Listen to the verses. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, I'm, I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to show you what the Word of God does. First thing is this. The Word of God, it leads us to Christ. The Word of God, it leads us to Christ. Listen, listen to verse 15 again. And that from childhood, Paul's talking to, to Timothy You have known the sacred writings, the scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. What that means is this. From the Bible, we hear and we find the truth of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Bible is from Genesis to Revelation. It is the revelation of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the Bible, it says we gain the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen to me very carefully. The only way that you can truly know who Jesus is is from his word. Are you understanding that? You, you can't go sit somewhere and contemplate enough. You can't somewhere and just, and just have enough unction or enough well wishes inside of you that you'd figure out who Jesus is. The only way that you can truly know who Jesus is is from his word. We know Jesus from his word. Do you know why Satan hates the word of God? Do you know why the world is so opposed to the word of God? It's so that you'll miss Jesus. Well, it's that you get off. No, it's so that you'll miss Jesus. Well, it's because it's no. It's because the world, Satan, they want you to miss Jesus Christ. Understand, a wrong view of Jesus is not Jesus. You know, the Mormons they have a view of Jesus. A wrong view of Jesus, it's not Jesus. A wrong understanding of the gospel, it's not the gospel. There's lots of gospels out there. A wrong understanding, the gospel's not the gospel. We are saved by the truth, the truth of God's word. The Bible says this, Jesus is the truth. The Bible leads us to Jesus. Second thing, Bible leads us to Jesus. Second thing, the Bible teaches us. And I want you to see how profound these next few, few words are. The Bible teaches us. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. We talked about that. And profitable, beneficial for teaching. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching. Now understand, this is not normal teaching because it's not a normal teacher. Remember that. This is the word of God. This is not normal teaching because it's not a normal teacher. Understand, this is divine instruction. This is the teaching of of God. Now, we spent a lot of time in classrooms growing up. Some of us have spent a lot of money on colleges and schools and, and trade schools. Some of your, your employers have sent you somewhere else for other training. This is not like any of that. Be very sure today, hear me. If we will endeavor into God's word, God will teach us. What is that worth? What is that worth? God himself, infinitely wise, the creator of all things. If we will endeavor into the Bible, the word of God, God himself will teach us how to respond. He will teach us how to live. He will teach us how to handle our money. He will teach us how to run our business. He'll teach us how to work. He'll teach us how to be a husband. He'll teach us how to be a dad. God himself instructs us teaches us through his word. Let me just tell you, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's tremendous. I am pretty dumb, and I need that, in, that teaching. Some of you are pretty dumb as well. We need that teaching. You know what? I, I, I could go sit and hear some professor talk and talk and talk, and they can hang things around your neck and put goofy hats on your head, and they can run you through a line every May and blow a horn and, and say, look at the information we've put inside this person. The greatest thing that could happen to me and to you and to us as men is we will be instructed at the hand and the foot and the mind of God himself. 
God teaches us in his word. What an awesome thing. Third thing is this. It is profitable for reproof. Verse 16 again, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof. Now, reproof means this. It means to show what is wrong. That's, that's what it translates. It's to show how your thinking is wrong, to show how you're seeing, you're, you're perceiving is wrong. It's to show, because those are wrong, how you're acting is wrong. Here's the deal. This is a lost thing. We live in a day, and, and man, I'm talking to this week. We live in a day when it is offensive to call something wrong. We live in a day when it is politically incorrect to call something wrong. Let me tell you something. There's a lot going on in our world today that somebody needs to say, you know what, that is wrong. That is wrong. Well, I'm going to get offended. That is wrong. It doesn't matter. Well, that doesn't go with the logic of the culture. It is wrong. It doesn't matter. Men, get this today. It is a blessing. It is a good thing. In fact, I will tell you, it is a great thing to have pointed out to you what is wrong in your life. I don't know if I like that. Listen, it is a blessing to you to have pointed out from God himself what is wrong in your life. I watch today, and we are raising kids that nobody will say to those kids, you know what, that's not going to work. You know what, that's not, that's not ever going to pay off. You know what, that's not going to end well for you. That is wrong. We live in an age where we won't tell our kids that is wrong. We're told today, and, and I see it all the time, that the smart thing to do today is to let them figure it out. You know, the smart way is just to let them bang around, let them sort it out, and somehow they'll find out on their own. Listen, no. The best thing is to say, you know what, that's wrong. You know what I need God to do? I need a God to tell me it is wrong to warn me. That's not going to end well for you. That is wrong. You know what we have in the Word of God? Reproof. Next thing is this. The fourth thing is this. We have correction. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Now, when you first read that, for correction, it sounds kind of the same. Well, understand, correction is different. Correction is not showing what is wrong. Correction is now taking that and showing what is right. Here's what's wrong, reproof, but let's not leave it there. Let's show you the right way from there, correction. Man, we get off track. We get messed up. We, we, we fail, which, which that's the honest truth. That's what we do. We, we get off track. But the truth of this is this. If we will go to God's word, it will lead us back. We mess it up. I mean, we make a mess of things. We, we wreck things. But if we will go back to God's word, you know what? I don't want to hear it. If we will go back to God's word, it will lead us back. In my life, I need correction. You know what? In God's love and his, and his grace, he's given us his word, and we have godly correction in his word. Here's what I figured out. Now, we're going to talk about two things here, but here's what I figured out. The whole of your life, the totality of your life, is not that you wouldn't ever not mess up, that you wouldn't mess up. You know what? I'm, I'm trying not to mess up. I, I don't want to mess up. More than any time in my life, I hate to mess up. 
But you know what? The point, the whole of your life is not that you'll never mess up. It's what you do after you mess up. And that's, that's the reality. You know, when you're sitting there and the, the ashes are around you and the smoke's rising up and you've, you've crashed and you've burned and you're sitting there in the trash heap, you know what the point of life is not that you didn't crash the plane. It's what do we do now in the crash? He gives us reproof. He tells us what's wrong. He gives us correction. He leads us back to what is right. The last thing that the, the verse says is this. It is profitable for training in righteousness. This is an awesome, awesome thing. This is the blessing, and, the, and, and, and short of finding Jesus Christ, the greatest blessing of God's Word. Training in righteousness. Verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Training is the word that, that has, a, has a, a version of it that means discipline. It, it, it is the thought that instruction, discipline, that results in the building up. Now, when I think about that, the, the couple examples that come to mind, lifting weights. You know what? You lift weights and you push against this resistance. It is that discipline. It is that instruction of your muscles that results in the building up. Somebody decides to run a marathon. I don't know why you'd ever run one, but a person decides to go run a marathon. It is that constant discipline of I'm going to run two miles and I'm going to run four miles and I'm going to put a couple weeks in running six miles and then on Saturday I'm going to have a long day and I'm going to run 12 miles. It is that building up, that training that builds strength and endurance. And then it says this, it results in righteousness. Righteousness simply means this in this context, right living. It is living in a right lifestyle that is defined by God himself. Now, we, we don't get to define what righteousness is. God defines right living in his word. But, but righteousness, this is training that results in right living, in a, in a righteous lifestyle that is right before God. It simply means this, living correctly. Living correctly as God has intended. We mess up, God reproves us. We're there and we're willing to repent. He corrects us. He leads us out of it. But listen to this. You know what the best thing to have done would have been? To have avoided all of it. You know what? God is gracious and he forgives. He is kind and he reproves. He is kind and he corrects and leads us out of it. But you know what the best thing to have done is this? To have just missed it all. To miss the trouble of it, the hurt of it, the chaos of it to stay out of the sin, to stay away from the consequences of those sins, that is the best way to live your life. Be sure of this. God is not trying to crush us with his word. For, for a chunk of my life, I thought, you know what? Wow, he's, he's got it out for me because I'm messing up. He, he's got, a, he's got a, a standard that I can't keep and he, he puts this weight on me and he's, he's trying to crush me with his word. Listen, he's not trying to crush you with his word. He's not trying to limit us. Well, here's all the things you can't do. He's not trying to put some weight on us. Well, you know, you don't have enough guilt in your life. Let me put a bigger weight on you. He's not doing that. Here's what God is saying in his word. Haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough trouble? My lands, how much trouble do you want? Haven't you had enough garbage? Haven't you had enough heartache? How much of this do you want? Here's what he's saying in his word. Listen, this is the best way to live. This is. How much you had enough of this? This is the best way to live. 
my hope for my kids, my, my daughter who's quickly growing up, my two sons, let me just tell you, the hope for my kids is that they wouldn't have to travel the roads that I've traveled. My hope for my kids is they wouldn't have to, to, to have the, the scars that I have. The hope for my kids is they wouldn't fall into the pitfalls that I fell into. We are so stupid today that we act like, well, that's normal. That's natural, brother. That's natural. That's how they learn. They're going to have to go out and crash into that. They're going to have to fall into their own pits. Listen, there's a better way for them to live. There's a better way for me to live. And it is the righteous living that God tells us about. Man, I hope my kids don't have to go into the, the, the crud and the garbage I did to figure this out. Let them lead righteous lives, instructed by the word of God. I can't say that if I'm not willing to do it myself. I've had enough of the garbage. He trains us in righteousness in his word. Listen, listen to some verses here. Psalm 119 is a, is a whole song about the word of God. Sometimes you ought to go read it. Psalm 119, let me read some verses. Just listen. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord, according to God's word. Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? We say, you can't do it. How can he keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word, living according to God's word. Verse 11, your word I've treasured in my heart, I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know what the greatest result of this is, is that, you know what, I don't have to come in shame and I don't have to come and carry the guilt of my sin and say, Lord, I messed this up and I'm so sorry and forgive me. You know what, I heap shame on your name. The greatest part of this living in righteousness is to avoid all that. God's word trains us in right living. It trains us in righteousness. Let me look at verse 17 very quickly. We'll get done. So that the man of God may be, listen to this, adequate, equipped for every good work. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Adequate and equipped. It means this, complete, complete and ready. Everything that needs to be there is there for every good work. Now we're going to stop right here. Next week we're going to start with what the Bible says about our purpose but let me, let me end this section on the Bible by saying this. More than any day in the history of this earth, we need men today that are present, that are ready, that are equipped, that are trained, that are disciplined, that are able to stand. We, we need a generation of men that, you know what, I know what the word of God has said and I know this is the best way for my life and I know this is the best thing for my home and, and, and the grace of God, I know this is the best thing for my kids. If I could put this into them, we need men today that are adequate, that are ready, that are completed, that are perfected in the word of God and they're able to stand, not to just walk in righteousness, but to lead others to walk in righteousness as well. You know what that's gonna take? It's going to take a turning to the Word of God. It's going to take a turning to the Word of God. That is our call. Here we're going to go next week. We're going to look at these subjects in the light of the, of the Word of God. The call today is this. You know what? We have to be men of the Word. We have to be men of the Word. Now what that means is this, not to just agree. 
Agreeing's not getting us anywhere. Not to just hear. Man, hearing's not getting us anywhere. Not to just get excited and say, amen, we need men of the word. It's time that they stand. Not any of that. Listen, we need men that go to church because the Bible is taught there. And they're going to lead their families to be in church. And if they're going to open the doors and a gifted speaker is going to tell us this is what the word of God says, we're going to be in church. We need men that read their Bibles, not put it up, not let their wife tell them about it. Read their Bibles. We need men that memorize their Bibles, that hide it in their heart, that they might not sin against the Holy God. You know what? I don't want to do that because God's word has instructed me differently. We're going to have to become involved in the word of God. Study it, read it, memorize it, hear it, live it, walk it, stand in it. Can't say it loudly enough. We have to be men of the word of God. This thing will just keep being a lunch until we become men of the word of God. Your home will just be a home until you become a man of the word of God. These churches will just be churches until there's men of the word of God. We need a turning to the word of God. God forgive us where we've messed it up. He does. God point out where we're wrong. He does. Maybe he did that today. God correct us. Turn us to the right way. He does it in his word. Help us to walk in paths of righteousness. Train us in it through your word. God let us be men of the word of God. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you were here today. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful for your word. I, I praise you for your word. It's not a, a harshness to me. It's not a weight to me. It is your grace to me. And through me to my wife, and through me to my kids, and through me to my church. Lord, Lord help us to, to become men of your word. And forgive us where we've neglected it. Forgive us where we've cast it aside. Forgive us where we've lost our astonishment with it. But help us to pick it back up. Forgive us for that, but help us to pick it back up and to read it and to memorize it and to hear it and to live it and then to proclaim it that somebody else would find Jesus Christ. Lord, shape us for that. Bend our hearts for that. Prepare our minds for that. And I pray out of this room today, those that you brought to here today, that there would be men of the word of God, adequate prepared and ready to stand in these days. We love you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.